Hey y'all, hey. Welcome to Such a Lady and I am your host Siobhan and I'm so happy that you all um, tuned in. It is my honor to be able to um, tell you guys stories. Uh, Crazy stories at that. Wild crazy stories. Okay, so real quick, just I know you all heard me say it before, but if you or anyone you know, I sound like the man off of Unsolved Mysteries. If you or anyone you know have any information, no, I'm just kidding. Okay, so if you or anyone you know have been in a toxic relationship and you would like to um, be a guest on the show, not just because, oh, well, you like to talk or I like to talk, but because I honestly believe that Sometimes people, when they're going through, feel like they're the only person that's going through. And the goal is that um, to have women come and talk about their toxic relationships and how they made it out. The goal is that hopefully someone else will hear it and get the strength and and see that I, too, cannot have to live like this. And not only that, but it will help the person who went through it to see that not only did I make it out alive, but um, guess what? I'm able to, God is able to use me to help show somebody else that the mountain can be moved. Okay. So yeah, just tune in. Let me know. We can do that. You know, we can hook that up. Um, And for the people who already have reached out to me, thank you. And thank you again. And thank you again. Um, I, I can't thank you enough because real life talk, I, um, it's not easy telling your business. It's not easy being transparent. I know, um, it's hard. I mean, yeah, you, you see people telling, and a lot of times people be like, why don't they tell their business? Listen, it's hard to tell something. It's hard to talk about something that at one time almost broke you. You thought you weren't going to make it out alive. So, um, don't ever discredit somebody for telling their story. I don't care how many times they have to tell it. Don't ever discredit it. You never know what somebody's story is helping somebody else with. So that's all about that. Um, I do have an announcement to make. Uh, should we do an announcement? Segment? No, I'm just kidding. This ain't church. I'm just kidding. Y'all calm down. Um, but I will be on a podcast next week. And it's called Women... Um, Transparency Women in Ministry, and I am so excited. It's a new podcast, and I am so excited. So, once that launches, then I will tell you all about it, and you all can tune in. Um, I'm excited about that, but y'all didn't tune in for that, y'all tuned in about the juicy stuff. And I told y'all that this week was not just gonna be meat and potatoes, y'all were gonna get the gravy, the biscuits, and the soda on the side. So, let's talk about it. Our next toxic love story gone wrong is about a lady named Diane Downs. And I I tried to not do stories that kind of like made the headlines simply because they made the headlines. But this one, I was researching another case and this one was just like, I was like, I remember that. And I was like, okay, listen, I don't care. I'm doing it. And so y'all getting it. And so here y'all got <laughs> Okay, Diane was a little off. And I don't mean it to be mean because in the end, um, after everything happened, they diagnosed her with being a narcissist. They said she had anti 
social personality disorders. Like it was a whole bunch of stuff that came out. But even prior to them, me finding that out, just reading up on her, listening to her, you can tell when somebody's elevator don't go all the way to the top. And Sis's elevator didn't go all the way to the top. Um, She was raised by her mom and her dad. And Diane says that her dad molested her when she was 12. Um, There was no information saying that he got arrested or there was anything that that was looked into. She just said that that he molested her um, when she was 12. Life went on. She still stayed with her mom and her dad. They were still in her lives. Now, when um, she got in high school, she met a guy named Steve. And her and Steve started dating. And then while they were dating, Diane um, enrolled into a Baptist Bible college. Now, Diane ended up getting kicked out of the (laughs) Bible college because she was being promiscuous. And so when I read that, I was like, dirty Diana, what are you doing? How do you get kicked out of the Baptist Bible College for being promiscuous? But I say that jokingly, but real life talk, if her father did molest her and then she became promiscuous, that is something that happens a lot when children are victims of being molested. They they can become promiscuous because of the fact that, you know, that happened to them. Well, when she got kicked out of the college, she decided that she was just going to go ahead and marry Steve. And so I guess I don't know by default, maybe she loved him. I don't know. I, I say that because her and Steve ended up having kids together. They had um, two daughters, one named Christy and one named Cheryl. And then they had a son named Danny. Now, the here's the plot twist. Danny... Steve said he didn't think Danny was his because Dirty Diana had been creeping. And um, so, but he took care of him. And Steve and Diana had a toxic relationship. Diana, (laughs) Diana, I'm not going to start calling that lady Diana. Steve and Diana had a toxic relationship because even though they were together since high school, they were off and on. And so after the situation with Danny, Steve was kind of like, okay, look, this isn't going to work. And so they ended up getting divorced. Well, before Danny came, they had an abortion. Money was tight. They had two girls. It, it was, it was tough. And so when Diane got pregnant, they both agreed that an abortion would be the best thing for them to do. But after having the abortion, I guess Diane couldn't get past it and she started, I guess, maybe becoming infatuated with getting pregnant. So before Danny was born, she ended up being a surrogate mother for a couple and she found out that she got paid well from that, like $10,000. So she was like, well, you know, maybe I could open up my own clinic and do that. Um, But before she could do that, they ended up having Danny. So life goes on and um, Diane and Steve are divorced, but they still kind of hook up from time to time. But uh, Diane's hooking up with a lot of people. She's she's a postal worker and she um, she 
I guess in that time, this was like around 1983, she would have been considered beautiful for her age. Um, I, y'all know I'm going to post this picture on, on Instagram, so y'all go see. Y'all tell me what y'all think. So, I mean, I guess she would be considered beautiful for her age. She was, you know, um, blonde and blue eyes and nice figure, I guess. Um, but the guys didn't have any problem wanting her and she wanted them back. Well, she ended up meeting a guy named Robert. Robert was married though, but Diane was infatuated with him. She was, she loved him like, and she knew he was married. It wasn't like, okay, well you didn't know. She knew he was married. She knew that he wasn't going to leave his wife. She, I guess, thought maybe if I loved him hard enough, maybe he might love me back enough to leave his wife. And maybe she didn't even care because even though he was married, she went and got his name tattooed on her to show that this was, you know, like his property. Um, (laughs) So anyway, Robert decides that she's a little too crazy for him and he wants to get back with his wife. Yeah, I cheated, but I see now that it's not what I thought it was going to be. And so I want to go home to my wife. Diane couldn't accept that. And so even after he broke up with her, she still kept like stalking him, showing up to his job, all of that. And I guess maybe she felt like she needed a new start. So she moved back home with her parents and her three kids and decided that, you know, I'm going to give Robert a break. I'm going to let him do his thing, let him be with his wife. And I'm going to decide that I'm going to work on me. And so she transferred to be a postal worker um, where her parents stayed at. Now, when she got there, here's where it gets ugly. She ends up getting off work one day and she goes to pick her kids up. This is what she said. She goes to pick her kids up, goes to ride horses with them. They go play. They just have a fun filled day, her and her kids. Well, by the evening, the kids are sleeping in the car, but she still wants to sightsee. She doesn't want the evening to end. So she decides to take a, a, a midnight drive and they end up on this rural road, like dark backstreet road. And Diane says that while she's driving and her babies are sleeping in the car, um, there's a man that's walking and she pulls over on the side of the road to see if he's okay. What does he want? And when she gets out of the car, she takes her keys out of the car and she walks up to the man and she's like, what do you want? And he's like, I want your car. And she's like, well, you can't have my car. I just bought this car. This is a brand new car. And so he's trying to wrestle her for the car keys. And so she pretends like she's throwing the car keys and he gets pissed off that she did that. And so he shoots the three kids and then he shoots Diane. Well, um, when he goes to go find the car keys, she hops in the car and she drives as fast as she can to the hospital because she's shot, her kids are shot, and she just needs to make it to the hospital. Well, when she gets to the hospital, she tells them, listen, don't worry about me, get the kids. By the time they get to the hospital, Christy, um, doesn't die, but she's had a stroke. Cheryl, who's seven, Christy's eight. Cheryl, who's seven, 
is she passes before she even makes it to the hospital. But Danny, who's three, he got shot in his spinal cord. And so he's paralyzed from the waist down. Dirty Diana got shot in the arm. And so she's like, don't worry about me. Just get the kids. And so they are taking care of the kids. And, and this this is how you can tell back in the day. Because a shot in the arm, you don't be in the hospital that long. She was in the hospital for a while. And she was in the hospital while her children were in the hospital. So um, although Danny couldn't walk, he could still talk. But he was three. He couldn't really, you know, articulate what happened. But Christy, who had a stroke... For a while, she could, she wasn't even conscious, but when she was, she couldn't talk. And here's the thing, because she was eight, the doctors were very, very hopeful that they could get her to um, rewire her brain, which is so cool. I mean, we just think our brain is just up there, but the brain is dope as heck, y'all. Um, so what happens is... If it sees that it can't do something one way, it'll try to figure out how to do it a different way. And so their goal was to get her brain to train her brain to notice that one side didn't work and to function with the other side. And that's what happened. So they they work with her and work with her. And they noticed that while she was getting better, her when her mom would come see her it would always agitate her. So the prosecutor, which Fred, he was the bomb. He like made sure that he not only protected the kids, but he made sure that Diane could not be around the kids like she wanted to, because even though he didn't know what happened, he knew something didn't make sense. And even just y'all listening to it, something just don't make sense. So the mom got shot in the arm, but the kids got shot to the point where one died, one had a stroke and one was paralyzed. Like I would think as any human being, I'm going to shoot the mama in the head. Like that's the, that's the threat. The kids ain't the threat. The mama is the threat. So why do the kids got to die? And I think that's what they were thinking too. So they start investigating and they're like, okay, yeah, some stinks. And it did. They, um, but Diane, of course, she thinks she's the smartest person in the room. So she hands over her diary. She hands over all, all her stuff. Like, I don't have anything to hide. I would never do something like this to my kids. I rushed to the hospital. But witnesses say that she really didn't rush to the hospital. They say that they saw her driving extremely slow to the hospital. Now, if your kids have been shot, I'm thinking you're going to be driving like a bat out of hell to get them where they need to be to get them safe safety but um contrary to what she said she wasn't speeding she was driving slow also the hospital say that she was saying some weird stuff like just your kids just got shot why are you asking if your car has damage because you just got your car why are you asking if one of the um investigators are single because when this is over you're gonna need someone to be with so those questions make them start thinking like "Mm, let's start looking a little bit deeper into her well they did and come to find out diane used to mess with this guy named robert (laughs) the married no married guy robert and he had a vasectomy when he was younger because he didn't want any kids and in that diary that Diana gave over, 
she wrote in there that he didn't want any kids. And although they were bumping uglies and stuff like that, I guess she thought that she could change him. She couldn't. And he still didn't want kids. And he kept telling her, listen, it's not you. It's me. And he really meant that like, sis, I got a vasectomy. I don't want kids. Your kids seem nice. They seem like really cool kids. Sure, the coolest kids on the block, but I don't want them. That's not what I want for my life. And instead of her just accepting that, I think she kind of obsessed over it. And so when she moved back, what what do you do when the person that you want to be with doesn't want kids? You get rid of your kids. And so that's what the um, that's what the prosecution said that she did. She decided that they had to go because that was the only thing that was stopping her from standing between um, from that was the only thing stopping her from being with Robert. Well, of course, you can't just assume stuff. You need evidence. So when they go talk to Robert, the first person that he says is like, hey, check this out. She shot those kids. She did. And the police asked them, asked Robert, well, you know, the kids were shot with a 22 cal. She had one. It was in the trunk of her car when she was leaving. When she came to tell me goodbye, I saw it in her car. And not only that, when they went to talk to Steve, the kid's dad, to tell him what happened, he told them, like, he he wasn't trying to snitch on her because he legit, he said, she knows how to, she loved those kids, but in her own way. So he knew she wasn't wrapped too tight, but he just figured she loved the kids the only way she knew how to love the kids. But he told the police, yeah, she had a 22 caliber gun. As a matter of fact, she threatened to kill herself with it one time when Robert didn't want to be with her and she shot a um a bullet into the floor of her house so the police go to that house that she used to stay in and they find that bullet come to find out guess what that bullet was in the gun that fired and shot those kids it matched so all of this stuff is coming together so robert didn't want kids now your kids are, are in the hospital and one is dead. You know, the gun that you didn't say that you owned, now we have proof that you owned a 22 caliber gun and that the gun that you fired at your home matches the same bullets that your children were shot with. And then not only that, the story didn't match up. The story didn't match up because she said that um, there was a bushy-haired man. Nobody could find this bushy-haired man, even though there was a guy who, like, later confessed to it. There was no proof that he did it. Like, you know, I think, and I've I've seen this before, but only because I watch every crime show that I see. Sometimes people think saying that they kill somebody makes them cool. I think that's what he thought, but nothing ever came of that. But check this out. The nail that sealed her coffin was her daughter. That brain started working and she began to talk. And she told a story that would change her mom's life because she said that her mom not only shot them, but she got out of the car, went to the trunk, got the gun out, shot her and her siblings and then shot herself and then drove to the hospital. Well, during this time while they're trying to get this case together, Dirty Diana been out bumping uglies with somebody else and she's pregnant. 
she legit thinks that she is a baby making machine because she went on to have this baby, but it was taken away from her. So she had the three kids that she um, that she kept. Then she had the one when she was in jail. She was a surrogate mom twice. So she liked to have kids. I think she thought that was her purpose. Um, but right before she was sentenced, she had that baby and they snatched that baby right out of her arms. And the judge sentenced her to life plus 50 years and said that he does not ever want it to be a day that she is able to walk out of jail. And I have to agree. I, as a mom, instincts say that you do whatever you can to protect your child. That's what you do. Like I would lay down and die for my daughter 10 times over. So to kill your kid and then kill your kids and try to kill them over a man who clearly told you he doesn't want to be with you and he doesn't want kids, that 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 lets me know that she did not have it all together. And it's sad because I don't know if somebody failed her. Did you know if she was molested, where was her mom? Like growing up, did no one see the signs? And I'm not saying that it's anybody's fault, but as a parent, you see when something's off with your kid. I see, my daughter tells me all the time, nothing's wrong. Okay, so when you want to talk about it, just come sit, holler at me, because something is wrong. And um, it's fine if you don't want to talk now, but just know that I know that something's up. So I just feel so bad because somebody failed her. Somebody failed her, and in turn, it led to these children being failed. Oh, it just sucks. It sucks. It sucks. And that is why I'm so passionate about such a lady, because I want people to hear about this stuff before it gets to that point. I want you to know that toxic love is not okay. Love is not supposed to hurt. It is not okay. So, um, although I do this because I enjoy true crime. I also do it because I want somebody to hear it. Or I, if one person leaves a toxic relationship because they say, look, it's not worth me spending the rest of my life in jail. It's not worth one of us dying. It's not worth our children being orphans. It's just not worth it. Then guess what? My job here is done. <laughs> All right, y'all. But anywho, thank you for tuning in to, um, such a lady and also there is a movie out if y'all want to if like if this intrigues y'all because I mean even though I gave y'all more than I normally do there is so much more and I know I listen I check out after a while so I try not to 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 go any longer than I have to but listen if y'all want to know more about this story there is a book out called small sacrifices and there is a movie out called small sacrifices look it up watch the movie Y'all will be just as intrigued as I am. It's an old movie, so if y'all don't like old school movies, then don't waste your time. Just take it from me. I told y'all all the good stuff. But if y'all want to know more about the nitty gritty, just check into that. I didn't write this story. They did. <laughs> all right. Talk to y'all later. And go to our Instagram page, Such a Lady 30 and like, subscribe, favorite if you like the podcast and if you are interested in being a guest on season two of such a lady and tell us about your toxic love story, please do not hesitate. Reach out to me, um, message me 
or you can email me um, at suchalady gmail.com. All right. Have a good one, y'all. I love you.